Rallycross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Welcome to this week's Canny Cross Conversations. And we've got another slightly different one for you, but this is for us humans. We have Carol Armitage, uh, founder of AT Noir Ultra, on with us today. And we're going to talk all things chocolate. What more could be better than that? <laughs> so, welcome, Carol. Hello. Thank you very much for inviting me. No, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Well, just tell us a little bit about you first, and then we'll go on to why you got into the chocolate world. Me? Oh, my Lord. Okay, so I'm Carol Armitage. I decided to set up H&R Ultra when I was 40. I think it was one of those do it or don't do it type things. It's a case of it's been something that's bubbling up in my mind for years to do. Um, And I've always literally since the age of eight been obsessed with hot chocolate and understanding what it does and what it doesn't do to people's mental health well-being and fitness because it's what I've used on myself and throughout sort of my life I've done various challenges whether it's playing you know competitive sports or climbing Mont Blanc or you know doing all sorts really I've I've always had hot chocolate as my go-to recovery or booster or something like that And then when I was in banking, it was very much geared for a mental health perspective to sort of really help rebalance and and stuff like that. So I think I I basically turned 40, everything went wrong. And I went, well, you know what? I've got nothing else to lose. So I may as well start a company. So I did. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) And it's brilliant. But anyway, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll sing your praises all the way through because it's my favourite ever, um, as you know. (laughs) so how did you start making I mean we can also I love you know hot chocolate but I wouldn't know where to start and why um so it's a great question to be asked because I didn't know either it's it's literally I've I've learned as I've gone along and I think I initially I knew about hot chocolate obviously when I when I was younger obviously it was it was a case of the Cadbury's or the Galaxy or the Aeros which is very much a powdered drink full of sugar and it's more sugared water than it is hot chocolate um and I always knew that that wasn't the way forward um because it just didn't give you anything it just gave you a sugar high and that's it but a lot of people associate hot chocolate with that drink unfortunately so when you take them away from that it's quite a bit of a a re-education um and so when I was looking into the chocolate side of things I used to always have just a piece of dark chocolate and make that into a drink all right so it was easier for me to try and understand it from that perspective I never really liked powdered drinks it was always the pure dark chocolate but I could never find a chocolate that I'd liked so when I was going through the whole deciding what to do I set up about a load of <clears throat> chocolate courses, basically, to learn how to temper, to do ganaches, bonbons. So it was more the sort of confectionery side, but to really understand how chocolate works from the chemical side of things and how you put it together and things like that. And then after having a conversation on one of these events, I literally was just like, well, I actually want to make my own hot chocolate. And this guy kind of went, oh, well, then you need to go to this company because they will do that for you. And I was like, really? What? Okay. So off I trundled trying to find out this information. And then I caught the early bird flight to Paris. Mm-hmm. And that's where I literally sat in like sort of like a, a, a laboratory um, and just 
tested out all these different cacao plantations. So it was the raw cacao and it's the cocoa mass and then testing out the cocoa liqueur. Um, and it's all how it all works in the flavor profiles. So at the time I had no idea about how to explain how something tasted or felt. And it's a bit like, you know, when you have coffee or if you have um, chili or something and it hits the back of your throat or it goes a bit funny and you get a cough or, or something. I was literally doing that the whole day, kind of going, well, this bit here feels a bit funny and I don't like that. And this bit, oh, no, it's a bit acidic. No, 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 I don't, I don't like that flavour. It's a bit too oily for some reason. I'm coming up with oil in my head. <laughs> and they were just like, no, 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 this is good. This is good. We can work with this. Um, and so at the end of the day, we basically narrowed it down to two flavours. And I think all of us were like, yes, it's going to be this one. It's definitely this one. And then we made it into hot chocolate and literally it was the other one blew the socks off because it was all about the mouthfeel, which is a big term in the sort of the chocolate world about how it actually makes you, how it sits in your mouth, whether it's oily, whether it's greasy or um, bitty or things like that. And this one was just so smooth. It, it just, is. yeah, it just basically sat there and went, no, I'm it. This is me. I'm the new chocolate. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that this could happen. So... And that's how it happened, basically. But it's it's everything that I have done, I never knew how to do. It's all been learned from the very beginning. And a lot of failings, or not failings, but let's say a lot of going down routes that don't work and then having to backtrack and go down a different route. It's very trial and error. And then the amount of people that have been helping that, you know, if, you, if you're open enough to have these conversations and say, I don't understand how to do X or yeah. I need help on this, somebody will then turn up and go, actually, I know somebody that could do that for you. Or have you spoken to this? Or could you look at that? Or have you Googled so-and-so? And it's just, that's how it's all happened, to be honest. And, and that's brilliant. So, sorry, how long's that whole process taken then up to now, Carol? Um, well, I got the chocolate in 2018. I think it was very late 2018 and then I launched I did a soft launch in the national running show in January 2019 yeah but I went full-time in October 2020 so prior to that it was more like a validation system that I was just trying okay. to see whether the product would actually sell yeah. how I could manage it what people liked I didn't have the training bars or anything like that at the time and that was a big process to understand what flavor profiles worked what didn't what sizes and and testing it out on people basically yeah yeah well i know louise introduced it to me quite early on then i think yeah yeah so you know ah. right from near the beginning yeah i know but that's what i was just thinking i didn't realize it was that because i think i've yeah. been on board for a while haven't i so it's uh yeah. Yeah. so yeah that's quite exciting actually <laughs> so this the chocolate that you have now is the second iteration so it is a different recipe Right. Um, the first recipe <clears throat> is the obviously the original, but because they stopped trading um, with a certain uh, cacao plantation in Cuba, I had to redo the whole recipe. And I have to admit, there was a time when I was just going, oh, no, am I a one chocolate wonder? Can I make another <laughs> chocolate? Because you just don't know, really. And the new version is slightly higher in cacao. So the previous one was 79.3 and this is 80.3. Mm -hmm. And it's more, it's sweeter, I think. A lot of people have said that they've actually improved, they find it nicer, it's smoother, it's creamier, and it's richer. And for me, every time I have it, it just reminds me of a red wine, a really good red wine. So yeah. 
I mean, I can eat it any time of the day, to be honest. Yeah. But <laughs> it's designed for that. So, you, I mean, we do it in small doses, so you can have it every day, and it's not going to gain weight. But because the whole premise is, you have a bar, and the bar's thirteen point five grams, which is twenty percent of your daily recommended amount of chocolate. So, yeah, you're allowed. It's a daily recommended amount of chocolate. I never knew that. Yeah. It's wow. Going, yeah. <laughs> It's about 60 grams of chocolate that you that is a, a theoretically allowed to have every day. That's amazing. I never knew 100 that. 100-gram bars, no, you're not allowed one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so because you your whole sort of niche is the fitness world, isn't it? And and, and sort of physical and mental uh, well-being with your with your chocolate and that's what you're aiming because like you said you went to the running show and stuff like that so what is it about chocolate that is good for us athletes I'm going to call us athletes <laughs> yeah we are yeah yeah um but you know I mean you, you go down the one road we can eat anything because we exercise regularly kind of thing but it's not that isn't it we want to put good stuff into our bodies that is going to make an impact so what is it about the cacao plot you know the beet bean sorry I get the terminology right you know what is it in that that gives us good stuff for us as, as, as athletes sorry that was a long-winded way of saying all that that's <laughs> okay so before I start chocolate has a sliding scale of goodness so obviously if you're talking about all chocolate being good for you no it's not because you've got the white chocolate and the milk chocolate and things like that and it all depends on what what percentage of cacao you have so it's the cacao bean itself that is basically the superfood right and that's anything over 65 percent, but preferably over 75 percent, is really where you're going to get the maximum amount of benefits um and basically it's the highest part of ox- antioxidants that you can get in any plant food fruit vegetable anything you get 98% of your potassium and magnesium. So it's really good for nerve and muscle recovery and health. Mm-hmm. Um, great for um, cognitive repair <clears throat> and sort of focus and clarity. And you, it's, it's got something called theobromine in it, which is a stimulant. So it replaces the, it's got caffeine, but a trace amount of caffeine. Um, so the theobromine is the stimulant and that allows you to have all the focus and the clarity and everything that you would get with a coffee, but without getting the jitters. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's actually really great for people who are pregnant or are sort of caffeine sensitive. So it really works. I have it every morning as a coffee replacement because it gives you that sort of wake up call and it does it in such a nice, gentle way rather than sort of whacking you around the head with a really strong coffee it does it in a gentle, kind way to your mind and body because it sits quite nicely on your tummy. Um, And also the way that the compounds work within um, the cacao itself, it has the ability, a bit like, um, what do you call it? Beetroot juice. It's got the nitrate oxide, so it opens up the blood vessels and allows you to work harder for longer effectively. So from a fitness perspective, you can have a hot chocolate or you're or a piece of this chocolate 30 minutes before and you wouldn't need to keep refueling as much as you would normally because it gives you that substance and that energy and it's a constant energy flow rather than um if you're having something and then you have to keep, keep taking the gels the gels you end up being almost addictive because you, you your energy spikes are going up and down up and down up and down whereas with this and particularly with the training bars with and the booster bar that we have it maintains your energy across the board. So you can just 
maintain that constant level and so you are also working harder for longer because obviously it opens up dilates your ves- uh, blood vessels mm-hmm. and pumps more oxygen around your body oh, it's a short version yeah <laughs> but so could, you, could you feasibly use that is, is that because there's less sugar in it so you're not having the crashes yeah wow. so in terms of uh, my chocolate in particular what you're looking at is two grams of sugar that's it you know across the board if you, if you were comparing it to other hot chocolates you know the well-known purple brand is between 23 to 35 grams of sugar for mm. hot chocolate you know and even the other brands they're sort of more luxurious hotel chocolat and things like that they're still looking at 20 grams of sugar um and yes there's don't get me wrong you've got good quality chocolate in there but it's the sugar content as well and it's not necessarily what you need so you know part of what we're trying to do is re-educate people that we're not saying that chocolate is healthy because it's not you know, at the end of the day it's chocolate but in moderation and choosing the right quantity and quality chocolate is you can have it every single day and it will improve your mental health and well-being you know part of the reason why I set this up was also because <clears throat> I traveled a lot and I used to go into hotels and none of them had really good hot chocolate Mm. And so I wanted to create a really good hot chocolate that you could have in a hotel, but also you could take it home and just feel like you've got like the five star quality hot chocolate and it's doing you the world of good because it improves serotonin levels, dopamine and and because of all the benefits that you get from a good hot chocolate or chocolate rather. Not and that's what I, I mean, I, that's what I love is those little bars because you, you can use those to make a hot chocolate. You can eat them. <laughs> <laughs> So just going back to, to when you were explaining about the sort of benefit for fitness wise, yeah. could you could you eat that little bar of chocolate rather than make it into a hot chocolate and there's still the same benefits that happen? It's not the process of the hot chocolate happening. It's just the chocolate. No, it's more how you enjoy it, to be honest. For me, I'm a chocolate drinker rather than an eater. I don't I, I could quite easily not have I could have bars of chocolate and it wouldn't affect me and I wouldn't eat them or anything. Whereas a hot chocolate. Yeah, no, no choice. (laughs) It all depends on how you want to have a delivery system, I guess, and and convenience more so than anything. So if you're going out and doing a training session, I used to when I was doing long runs, I would have a hot chocolate shop beforehand and I'd put it in my flask. So I would use that as my energy source to drink with because that's what I would prefer yeah but you can obviously have it as a as a bar and then just take it with you because if you put them in your bag they don't melt so you still got a good good bar of energy as you'll go along <clears throat> so I was going to ask about the the that you, you've got some sort of training bars as well haven't yeah. you? So, so the one I really like is the booster bar and it's it's got a lot of salt in it hasn't it it's got it a, seems like it has when you're out training um I do you know what I sprinkle it so I genuinely there's no sort of right or wrong or whether it's if it if it's really salty that's because I've I've gone a little bit heavy handed <laughs> purely it so apologies on that one but it's not <laughs> it's literally you know it's not measured out or anything it is a little bit by eye because I but make I, it by hand but I love it because <laughs> if I'm training that's the one I'll take with me yeah. And, I, and my husband, who cycles a lot, I'd send him off with it as well. <laughs> but but also at the end of a canicross, when we've just been flat out, it's just so nice. And you can just, it's almost like you feel it's replacing those salts as well. So my my first impression of that is the salt, but yeah. obviously all the other stuff is doing. So you, yeah. you talked about recovery as well, because a lot of people, and it is, I think more people would know that 
recovering, you know, having a hot chocolate or a hot or chocolate milk, isn't it? Yeah. After um, a run or, or whatever, it's quite, um, uh, it's, it's good recovery, sorry. Yeah. Um, and is that for the same reasons as you explained earlier? It is, but it's also, if you're going to have it with milk, then you've got your protein carb ratio. So it improves your muscle recovery even further. Um, so if, and that's why they say, you know, have chocolate milk. If Don't go to a shop and buy a chocolate milkshake, but just make it yourself with a good quality chocolate and just put, um, if you if you do have dairy, put a really good full fat milk in because then you're getting the full proteins and carb ratio. And that's what really helps binding everything together and helps you start recovery because when you start relaxing which allows your muscles to then decompress but at the same time the chocolate and the milk is doing its job i.e replacing um lost energy muscle recovery helping nerve endings you know with the magnesium and the potassium and things like that so it does do a whole holistic benefit so without um the would you not take it's potentially then a protein drink after you finished your runs for recovery. You, you could just do the um, the hot chocolate. Yeah, that's what I've, I've always ever done that. I've never oh. had a protein drink after a long run. But I mean, I'm biased because I have my drink. Um, but I'm also my own guinea pig. So I have to test. I've tested it with proteins and I don't see any different other than the fact that I just don't like the flavor of protein drinks. I know I find them so powdery. And there's, there's one protein drink that I do like, which is with Wilco, um, which is the um, the supermodels, I can't remember, Ella McPherson um, Wilco company. They do a really nice chocolate protein. And I add that to my chocolate sometimes. But I wouldn't have a protein drink because you can get everything that you need just with a hot chocolate okay. and it makes it cheaper. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's sort of, trying to reduce costs when if you've already got the chocolate at hand and you've got the milk in the fridge just combine the two you don't have to buy something extra to help your mind and body if you've already got it in the cupboards very true so <laughs> especially nowadays we need exactly yeah easier for ourselves um i was just going to ask you so you've got quite a lot you've got us ambassadors yeah <laughs> so you've got some really you know ultra ultra runners and you know various other people well what are they they're using it regularly aren't they so what, what sort of feedback do you get from them is it the same sort of thing or are you getting anything different are you learning anything from them so it's, it's an interesting one to be honest because it's a combination i initially thought that when i would have these sort of like team gb triathletes ultra runners you know, professional footballers and all of that lot, that they would purely do it for sport, but they actually do more, a lot of it. They do it for maintenance of sport. So whilst they're training, they will use it for that. But a lot of the time is also they will use it for a recovery pers perspective and the way that they calm down and just relax. It just helps, you know, bring back memories that of hot chocolate when you were younger, which is part of what the joy is, isn't it, really? Everybody has good memories of hot chocolate. It's got that soothing comfort feel to it um and they know that it makes them feel good and i think it's it's a few people have done it where they've it helped with sort of pregnancy side of things i've had one of my um colleagues who she was pregnant and she she couldn't have coffee she couldn't do anything but she literally was hot chocolate until she, until the very end and she now continues it just for energy levels now as well 
Um, so it's a combination, really. I know that you've obviously got David um, Bowen, who, who uses a lot of the sort of training bars and things like that for his ultra runs and is a huge staunch advocate for the training bars and things. But it's, it's all a combination. It's quite interesting that it's not just one thing. It's not purely I'm going to use it for fitness. It's, you know, it is fitness recovery, but it's also that comfort coming together as a bit of a community and just enjoying it, you know, and, and it wasn't that long ago when you've got explorers going through the Arctic and whatnot that they would have a hot chocolate. Part of their package was hot chocolate to have in the evening because it helped with muscle repair whilst they slept. And that's yeah. part of it. So again, it's the same. You might think it's helping you sleep, which it does because it increases melatonin in your system and therefore gives you a good eight hours sleep or whatever. But at the same time, it's helping your body do the necessary repair and recovery that it needs so you can actually be better and stronger the next day. Yeah, it's interesting because I honestly never thought of chocolate like that before <laughs> in terms of muscle repair and recovery. Yeah, the comfort thing I totally get because yeah, you do. You you come in from a long walk or a long run, mm. and to have a hot chocolate there to kind of even just to warm up and sit down and think about what you've just done is magic, isn't it? Really? Yeah. But, yeah, the recovery element's fascinating, but it's it's just that extra added bonus to it, really, isn't it? And I think it's it's great, but I think there's still a huge learning curve to be done because obviously there's a lot of people that have very set ideals. And a lot of it's because we've been brainwashed to think that what chocolate is or what hot chocolate mm -hmm. is, is Cadbury's. Unfortunately, yeah. that's basically what we've been told as in childhood and life is that, you know, a good hot chocolate is what that is, which it's not even close to being a hot chocolate. It's not even, you know, doesn't have chocolate really in it. So, you know, it's, it's a bit of a misnomer in all, in all fairness. So that's why it's good that we can sort of have these conversations and start showing people. And ultimately, my my aim is to start working with the university and actually having focus groups where we can prove it. So we've got our own research and scientific mm -hmm. proof behind it rather than just anecdotal or scientific research that we've looked at that's, yeah. that's there and it's true, but it would be good to have our own as well. And is it, so going back to sort of, you know, the cacao bean is is sort of really important. Are they are there different varieties so that have diff, not as are not as good for yeah. all this recovery and fitness? There's there's one, there's the way it's farmed, um, and the way it's looked after, and the then the process of the, the way that you get to the sort of the point where you get the chocolate. Um, it can vary and there is a there's a regulation that allows a certain percentage of bacteria and feces and insects and everything within chocolate, which is why you have a, in certain brands, you have a lot of sugar and vanilla to mask the flavor of that and get rid of it because they have they buy the cheaper chocolate, which allows them to be able to sell it on mass and do it that way. It's not a pleasure, <laughs> but it's true. Sorry. Sorry to burst that little bubble of yours. <laughs> Oh my it. it's true um but the way that we're part of a cacao horizon planning foundation and basically that means that we're educating farmers and communities to be able to look after their crops and grow it properly and so they can then start growing on a yearly basis which then brings them in more money and it helps um, reduce or abolish sorry, not reduce abolish um, child labor laws and things like that so it's we're really trying to help and I think 
the way that you look after the cacao is really important. You know, obviously when it gets dried out, you put it on the leaves. You don't just shove it on the ground where all the sticks and the twigs and dogs can walk past and pee on it or whatever, you know, those sorts of things, because it will happen. Um, and it's just understanding that the quality that you're paying for is because from the very beginning, it's been nurtured and looked after. Okay. And so you are getting a better quality. You're not just getting something that's just been picked up and thrown on the floor and stuff. That's a dramatic way of saying it, but it's just, that's, yeah, basically. <laughs> the impact is there, so don't worry. <laughs> I've, never really, I've never really thought about it. So how do you, so your chocolate is the best, and I'm not just saying this because it is the best dark chocolate that I've tasted. And I we know dark chocolate you know we we know dark, cho dark chocolate is better for us than milk chocolate and probably for all the reasons that you've said but if you go to some brands that have got the higher cacao and, and whatever <laughs> excuse me they're very bitter mm. so why is that is that <laughs> um it was one of the things that I I was really um strong about when I went to actually go to the laboratory and, and and decide what what chocolate I wanted because I'd spent my whole life basically being a guinea pig and a tester for researching let's call it research <laughs> um for what chocolate I wanted I was very aware that there was like an inkling that people could see that dark chocolate was good for them but they just didn't like the flavor that yeah. was tantamount the main principle and so I, and even myself, I wasn't that keen. I was, I, that's why I could never find a hot chocolate that I liked because even when I would have a bar of chocolate and break it down, that bitterness would still translate across into the drink. And that's just, you get that sort of acidic tannic flavor that just doesn't sit it's well. Swaggy, isn't it? It's, yeah. 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 And so when I was sort of making it, I, I basically sat them down and I was like, right, I want an 80% dark chocolate. I want it to be smooth, rich, creamy low in sugar has to obviously have no palm oil gluten-free and it needs to have no bitterness and i have to admit their faces were a little bit like oh really but you know dark chocolate has bitterness and i was like i know but we need to try and you know reduce it <laughs> so, which is why i spent the whole day eating a lot of chocolate because you do it's the point the way that we've done it with the chocolate is that it comes from Saint Dominique, Ecuador and Tanzania. So it's a three variety recipe and the elements of the cacao that we've taken allows us to be able to create that non-bitter flavour. It's still dark because it's a dark chocolate. It's still 80%. So, you know, it's a dark chocolate, mm. but it, it's not an 80% bitterness. So it's more like a 60%. Um, and that's basically where I wanted to go because I wanted to try and bridge that gap for milk chocolate lovers to go over to sort of the dark side <laughs> uh, without sacrificing on their flavour. But they are also getting all the benefits that they know that is good for them, but they just couldn't do because, you know, they don't like that. The irony is, and I, I still can't get my head around this properly, is that people will willingly have a really bitter coffee. Yeah. But you, they won't have a bitter hot chocolate or a bitter chocolate. It's some, I, I, I can't even work it out myself. I don't know how people's brains, because it's not like you actively have a coffee and go, oh, I love the bitterness. Leave me more. You know, you do have to train yourself a little bit. And I, I struggle with really bitter coffee. Um, but maybe, there maybe is that. Yeah. Maybe it's because we've been trained on, you know, Cadbury's and whatever. Yeah. 
all the way through our lives as children. I mean, I don't drink coffee or tea, so oh, okay. I, don't I just drink hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, it is a strange one. I know, I know a lot of people that are just, you know, they'll, they'll have a coffee and I'll be like, well, how strong do you want it? And like, oh, yeah, strong as possible, as bitter as you can get. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay is this strong enough no it needs a little bit more and you're like really and then they'll be like oh this this chocolate's a bit bitter and you're like what yeah yeah the thing is coffee though is is similar to the cacao bean isn't it in that there are a lot of different varieties oh yeah you can get bad coffee which tastes horrible yeah Um, and you can get coffee which tastes a lot sweeter so i guess it's similar isn't it yeah i think it's the right one it's like everything isn't it There's, there's always a sliding scale yeah you know, you're always going to have good coffee, bad coffee, but within that scale, you're also going to have a strong flavour profile that is, you know, that defies whether it's good or bad. But it's also your own personal preference as well, whether yeah. you want to something that's um, bitter or not. You know, you might like the, the slightly, well, what other people would consider slightly, le- you know, more bitter but less quality i don't know i don't know much about coffee to be honest so i can't really say um but it's yeah it's all personal preference again isn't it and that's what i was trying to tailor is the majority of people don't really like dark chocolate because of the bitterness you know so i was trying to bridge that gap so you can have all the quality and all the goodness that you get from it without you know forcing yourself to do something you really don't want to be doing but you think oh I've got to because it's good for me which <laughs> yeah. is really not helpful for your mind and body balance, <laughs> to be fair so, yeah. and, and, and it's no and it is just we're, we're just buy it that's all I say um, <laughs> <laughs> I agree <laughs> so is there what, what's the future looking like where's it going because obviously you're going to focus still on the hot chocolate and you've got the but but where do you want to take it Oh, my plans. Oh, okay. So my my plans, my okay, my my actual plans are um I want to try and create two new recipes. One is a hazelnut or a nutty hot chocolate, but without the nuts. So it's purely an allergenic free, a nut-free drink. Oh wow. It works for people that have nut sufferers, but it has that nutty flavour so they can enjoy a really good hot chocolate without you know and then we can hopefully put it onto airlines and stuff like that so that's one of the things that we're looking at how successful that's going to be i don't know but we're going to give it a go and the other one is to try and create another recipe which is for really increasing sleep levels and helping with more well-being um and that again is to hopefully go into airlines and hotels and work on sort of a whole holistic sleep concept and trying to aim at the moment so next year we're looking at obviously trying to grow even further so we're looking at potentially doing another crowdfunder um and along with that because obviously the winter olympics are coming up we're trying to see if we can try and get a foothold into the winter olympics and uh support them as much as we can and then the long, long term is to basically have two pop, not pop up, but two chocolate houses, one in Paris, one in London. Oh, so wow. Royal Hot Chocolate Houses, that's the, the aim. But have Daisy the Hot Chocolate trailer in the UK going up and down mm-hmm. as of next year. That's the plan. Yeah, I can't wait to meet her. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's literally like 85% ready. It's just, just a few more things that need to get done. And then we can hopefully start get, doing it locally. 
within the sort of North Yorkshire area and see how it fares that way. And then I still want to do the joggle. Yeah, uh, That could be something that you know, I've got quite a few other companies that want to help partner and support that way. So we could just do that and stop off along the way and stop and meet people, which would be great. Um, but I'd also quite like to, the people that did support for the Kickstarter, I'd quite like to be in similar areas to them so they could also come and see and sort of share in what they've they've created as well. I think that'd be quite nice. Yeah, and I think it is, I think once people taste it, because I know, Michelle, you're now a fan, aren't you? It's yeah, I love fun. it. It is a really, really nice chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I I've, got the little, I've, I've run out of the bars. I've got the little packet of the, the beef, what you call them. Yeah. yeah. Do you eat them or do you, do you eat or drink it? I eat them. Yeah, I very rarely drink hot chocolate. I, but I, I always feel I need chocolate in the house, so it's there. Yeah, so, it's porridge and, and I put them on my yogurts, things like that as well as having hot chocolate mm. yeah porridge is a good one i know a lot of people that put them in porridge i was i'm still trying to work out a way if there's a if there's a company i can work with that can actually we can just sort of work together to do like a porridge chocolate porridge yeah i think that would be awesome i think it's really good because especially if you i mean i always have my porridge when i come back from training so if i've got that added protein in there rather than putting protein powder in it you know i know which one i choose <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it melts so easily as well, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look particularly present when you start mixing it all around, but at the same time, it tastes delicious. So you're just like, okay. I've yeah. also noticed that's the one thing that I do know. I've quite a few of the ambassadors, they like putting the funky monkey on their porridge. Yes, well, I think I got that idea from uh, one of them. I can't remember who that's it was. Martin, one, isn't it? Martin does that yeah. quite a lot. He likes to put um, the the thick, because he does such huge mileage. I know, yes. The, the funky monkeys onto his porridge, and you're like, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> I know. I think I got that idea from him, actually. I, was, well, I think we were having a little conversation about it after. It's like, I can do it too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. no, no, it's really good. Um, Michelle, have you got any more questions? No, no. It's been really, I'm, I'm still amazed that there is actually a daily recommended allowance of chocolate. So I, will, I will make sure I abide by that um, in the future. Uh, but no, it's been fascinating learning about the recovery and the, the health benefits, really. Yeah, I mean, I always knew that eating it made me feel good. And I wasn't quite sure why, but... That's I mean, to be fair, the feel-good factor is because it releases serotonin yeah. and dopamine yeah. and endorphins. And it is known as the love drug. So yeah. it does give you that sort of feeling of euphoria type thing. So, so you want the best you can get to, uh, you know, to get the full effect, basically. Exactly. But you don't... The, the main key point is also you don't need a lot to get no. it. No. And that's part of what we're doing is, you know, the bars that we have, you're looking at 13 grams, you're not looking at a huge amount. And that's why we can do it in a daily dose. And that's why we say you can have it every day. I wouldn't mm. say you could have 100 grams every day, because then that's just being silly. But this is part of a, a daily balanced lifestyle. So we've created it so you can have it in small doses and it goes a long way. Yeah. And I think that's what's important. And I think that's what Michelle and I've been learning. We've been doing quite a few podcasts about the humans rather than the dogs all the time. Yeah, we've been chatting about nutrition a lot, haven't we? Yeah. And I think it's it is. It's just the balance and the fact that you don't have to eliminate things from your diet, but you can you can, you know, chocolate is something you can have and there's benefits, especially after a candy cross, which yeah. is uh, we all put that word in. Yeah. It's making smart choices, isn't it? It's making yeah. good decisions that work for yeah. you rather yeah. than you know necessarily always following a trend is not necessarily a good thing but also just work go with what works for you and if if you want to have some chocolate then just make the right choice yeah 
18 of our ultra and <laughs> we will put a code in the uh, show notes below where you can get 20% off your first order so do go and try it there's and I, I just don't go for the small bag go for the big bag <laughs> yeah you'll like it yeah I agree. you'll totally like it even if you're not sure about dark chocolate it tastes like no other dark chocolate and so. also it works really well with coffee as a mocha so if you if you want to split the two just go for the middle one there you go there you go but there, and it's hot chocolate season at the moment well it's always hot Definitely. chocolate season but you yeah. know if you, if you uh it's time to start drinking those in front of the fire when you come in from your canny cross so um yeah carol thank you so much for coming on that's been brilliant and yeah we've learned loads again so it's brilliant <laughs> So I hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's Candy Cross Conversations. Do let us know. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and don't forget to, to use the discount code below. And we will see you on the next episode. Take care.